Hey y'all, I hope you're well. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare Boulevard. This is a podcast where we shine more light on healthcare and our goal here is to provide more options to people looking to choose healthcare as a career path, regardless of their background. My name is Sena Kakpomo and I am your host and creator here. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your support. Remember, you can tune in on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Alright, Healthcare Boulevard fans, I am back with you on the mic and again here with uh, um, another guest. Uh, he is a physical therapist, as it is appropriate for this section, and I'm excited to chat with him, get to know what he's been doing, and hopefully you all can learn one or two things from his experiences and uh, so forth. Um, Kevin, welcome to Healthcare Boulevard. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me, Sin. Of course. How's everything going with you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. We just learned that we both came back from a trip last night, so um, we are maybe on a bell of a jet, jet lag, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for joining me um, um, right after your trip and all of that. I appreciate it. Um, let's get started. Can you introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners and tell us what, who you are and what you do right now professionally? Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, my name is Kevin Kenefick, Dr. Kevin Kenefick. I always tell my patients to call me Kevin. And so I'm a physical therapist. I'm based out of New York. I am practicing in Jersey and in New York. I went to the University of Scranton for my physical therapy degree. And I have a master's in from the University of Northern Colorado in biomechanics. And then I did my undergraduate in the University of Scranton. And yeah. Does that kind of answer the question? So I apologize if sometimes I'll like uh, come back to you for reference if I answered it correctly. No, 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 it's fine. Um, so how is work right now? And how long have you been working? I've been working five years now and work's going pretty, it was interesting the last couple of, last couple of years. Mm-hmm. When I first started compared to the pandemic and now it's starting to pick back up where it's it's full pace again. So definitely excited for that. Okay. Um, and what, and, and I'm going further, I'm getting ahead of myself, but since we're on this train, what population of students do you, I mean, not students, my bad. <laughs> what population of patients do you serve right now? So I mostly work with patients, uh, outpatient orthopedics, and I work with patients with Parkinson's disease and patients which, um, who've had cerebral vascular um, attacks, like uh, strokes. And a wide range of post-op, non-post-op, chronic and traumatic and, uh, and, and acute patients. Okay. Would that be considered like neuro or do you, is that a specialty in PT? Let me ask that. So, I, I guess I focus on a little bit of both. Um, orthopedics is one section. And then I also work with patients with uh, neurological syndromes as well. So I utilize a lot of my orthopedic training and how I assess the body mechanically to address dysfunctions in patients with or without neurological issues or with or just specific orthopedic issues to help work with their muscles, bones, and nerve type problems. Okay. And did you have to train like in any specialty while you were in school or after for this particular uh, group of patients? Yes, I 
so when I finished undergrad, I really valued education and I wanted to kind of like go learn how to put my hands on patients a little bit better to manually work. Mm -hmm. I feel like physical therapists, we have a unique opportunity to put our hands on patients and work with them. Mm -hmm. So I did some education to specialize my hands a little bit more, certification as a manual physical therapist. And I went a little bit a step further to work for, uh, to go for a fellowship in manual physical therapy to specialize with the orthopedic population, as well as clinicals and clinical grand rounds for working with patients with Parkinson's disease and other different diagnoses. Okay. And how long did that take after your PT education was done? It's, it's different. It's uh, open-ended. So it's kind of as fast as you want or as slow as you want. And so when I first came out of school, I kind of just took a year off and I wanted to just relax from being in school for so long. I mentioned that I did a master's before my doctorate and I was just kind of zonked, I'm not going to lie. So I really just wanted to just practice and work and kind of not have to worry about extra studying, but I was still always kind of reading. Mm -hmm. I did my certification as a manual physical therapist in about like 13 months and I did that with a company called NIOMT. It's a North, North American Institute of Orthopedic Manual Therapy. And they're based out of, they were based out of Michigan, I believe. And then after that, they have different satellite places in New York City and across the country. So I luckily was able to walk down the street from my job to Midtown and be able to go to seven different classes in one of oh, five classes there two classes in Massachusetts. And I did that over the course of about 13 months. I took the practical exam where they kind of just kind of grill you and watch you work with patients. It's a little nerve wracking, I'll be honest, because when every time you start doing something and you, you think you're doing well, you get, you're met with a frowny kind of face that you're unable to like kind of read off of, of like, am I messing this up? Am I doing well? Mm -hmm. And then they throw curveballs at you. So when you start doing good, they start throwing curveballs to see if you really know what you're doing. So it's, um, that was a fun experience. So that, that took me about 13 months and then doing the fellowship, the fellowship, you could be done. Some people a little bit uh, faster than I am. They could finish in about two years, two and a half. I'll probably take about three, about like three and a half years to finish it. And it's do at your own pace. So I'm able to meet with my clinical mentors. I'm able to meet with other clinicians. I have a nice support system of a fellowship of different people who are in the education system, people who are fellows themselves and be able to refer them for questions. So, um, so long story short, about 13 months for the certification as a manual therapist and probably about three and a half years for the fellowship. Okay. All right. That's pretty. Uh, so at, the, at this point, you're like, an, you, well, you're not done with the fellowship yet. Is that what I'm understanding? Correct. I have about two more classes didactically, and then I just have one more practical where they do the same thing. They kind of like grill you. There's a little, um, some paperwork in between, but it's um, nearly done. Okay, well, congratulations on a lot of things. <laughs> and almost Thank you. your fellowship. <laughs> um, do you, because, and this might be a silly question, but um, be, having been on LinkedIn more often lately, I've seen like a lot of like, um, titles after people's name now do you get like an added title after the PT once you're done with your fellowship and what is that yes um, so there's definitely a little bit of like an alphabet soup out there and that's also um, I try to limit what I kind of put after my name mm -hmm. so 
it'll be I'll be a fellow. So it'll be FAMPT, F-A-A-O-M-P-T. That will be the physical um, the designation after the name. And so it would be like PT was the profession. The MS would be the extra masses that I have. The CMPT will be the certified manual physical therapist will be replaced with the FAMPT. And I will kind of leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Now I, I do want to make a point to the to listeners that as if, even though I didn't necessarily direct him as a doctor, he is a doctor. Every PT wants to complete the, the program or designated as doctors because they've gone as high as I can. Um, well, you know, need it anyway to practice as a PT. Am I correct? Correct. It's a clinical doctorate in physical therapy, similar to a clinical doctorate as a um, direct, uh, doctor of podiatry mm-hmm. or a doctor of chiropractic. It's exactly. not a medical direct, it's not a medical doctor. And it's also osteopathic is like another DO term. So each term has a particular field that they work with. Right, right. exactly. So just putting that out there, not on MDs don't have, you know, a pattern on the doctor title. <laughs> There's a, <lot, laughs> a lot of doctors out there and they all deserve their respect. So um, thank you for sharing that with me and with the listeners. Um, I had something in mind to ask you, but I totally forgot. Um, this this tends to happen when I'm going off the train, but <laughs> let me continue with the question and I'll probably come back to it. And uh, what, how would you, as a PT in well-seasoned one, for that matter, how would you describe a physical therapist to somebody who's never heard of the title? All right, so I, I, I kind of prep, I thank you. Like, she sent me some of the questions. I was able to kind of prep beforehand. So <laughs> I wanted to kind of read something that was off the American Physical Therapy Association's page and kind of like, um, kind of compare it to what, I'm, what I like to perceive it to be. So they said physical therapists are movement experts who improve quality of life through prescribed exercise, hands-on care, and patient education. And the way I would like to mention it is that we we examine each person. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll get to my answer. Um, physical therapy is an art and practice to optimize efficient human performance in every aspect of life. We are all athletes of life. And we are the movement experts. We specialize in bone, muscle, and nerve dysfunctions and figure out how to help you. Okay. Um, now, two questions, and I'll ask it just so we have it on record and we don't forget it. One is going back to what you do, how so I'm a little bit like uh, curious about what your work is with the. Um, what's the type, what's the Parkinson's disease patients? And secondly to that, let's let's have you answer that first. Okay, in regards to Parkinson's patients, yeah. it is a neurological dis, um, disorder where it's neurodegeneration. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to patients with Parkinson's, it's it affects how patients move. So it's an improper like firing and the brain and how it turns muscles on. So that's where they'll have certain types of the symptoms, kind of like shaking or having certain dysfunctions of being able to move that leads into bradykinesia where they can't move that big or quickly, the flat affect or the decreased motor function. So when it comes to like ortho, using orthopedics to be able to help patients with neurological syndromes like that, it's trying to optimize. The way I like to approach physical therapy, it's like a pyramid. So the pyramid is get rid of pain first, get improved range of motion, improve strength, improve speed, and improve power. 
So in those stages where I would like to work with a patient, let's say with Parkinson's who has pain, I want to try to get them out of some of that pain first. Then I want to improve their range of motion because a lot of the times they'll have bradykinesia, which would be a smaller range of motion. So if we're able to improve the range of motion in there's something called LSVT big, which is a big, big range of motion and a like loud sense of it, the LSVT big and loud is another component of it. So then if they can better understand how they're moving in a larger range of motion with either like mirror feedback or visual feedback from like a 2D motion analysis system or a camera system, they could, they could slow down some of the progression of it by improving their like uh, reprogramming their brains to think that because sometimes if they raise their arm up that they're like thinking like my arms over my head and it's really not so it changes that proprioception that kinesthetic sense of like where their body's in space so with my pyramid format of like approaching it from like get rid of pain improve range of motion improve strength the goal is to turn on the right muscles to do the right things mm -hmm. such as being able to raise your arm over your head to pick up something off a shelf you need to have good scapular motor control, you need certain muscles to work the right way. To walk down the street, to bend over, you need to be able to pick up your socks the right way without throwing your back out or tipping over, losing your balance and your base of support. So there are a lot of commonalities between some primal movements of how everyone moves. And then I like to incorporate that into how I treat patients with neurodegeneration and try to optimize their function as best as we can by improving their range of motion, improving their strength throughout their full range of motion, because that's the characteristic of it is that it decreases those aspects. So my goal is to try to approach it from there. Now, I don't wanna say that that's the only approach. I just wanna say that's my approach. So there are other people that approach it a little bit differently, but that's just how I would reason why I approach it that way. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's. Uh... No, that I was very interested in that because um, another thing I love about doing this is I, I get to see more of what other specialties that I've, you know, feel that I've heard about and perhaps uh, worked with do, uh, what else they can do. So I'm, I didn't know that PTs work with um, folks with uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and so forth. So I was very interested to see how um, you help them. But thank you for sharing that. Um and uh, now, as far as your fellowship, did you, it, what style do you guys have for choosing your fellowship? Do you just choose it based on your interests or, or are you assigned a fellowship? How does that work? I would say we, we choose what we're interested in, which I think is very lucky for us as a career. Mm -hmm. And you can, so there's about 44 fellowships out there. This is some of the stats off of the, the eight, it's a, it's a mouthful. Uh, the American Board of Physical Therapy Residency and Fellowship Education. I just checked their stats. And as of 2001, oh, sorry, 2021, June 1st, there's about 2,400 fellows currently who've passed. And out of like 258,000 PTs in America, there's 44 fellowship programs. There's 329 residency programs. So you choose what you want. There are certain programs that are residencies for orthopedics. There are certain residencies that are there for, um, I'll kind of go through a quick list of the different subspecialties, cardiovascular, um, electrophysiology, geriatrics, neurology, oncology, orthopedics, pediatrics, sports, women's health, and wound management. So I guess there, there's a probably a good 10 different subspecialties that you can choose under that residency or fellowship umbrella. Mm -hmm. 
working with the body mechanics and stuff like that there's a lot a couple of other um fields i, I would say or, or specialties that sort of coincide with you guys do similar things but surely different and that you know include things like chiropractors and um atc um um uh, athletic trainers and so forth can you sort of like wheeze out some of the differences and how you collaborate with those um of with with those titles essentially yes absolutely and i would just kind of go on uh, i guess i would say going on the record that everyone has their place in mm -hmm. the healing process in the healthcare team format there are some with medical background and there's some without medical background so my biggest thing, I'll, I'll say for myself, I don't want to speak for other um, fields, but I like to know my uh, limitations and when, when in doubt, refer out. So that's a big thing I like to say. So if I see something that's a little funky, I always refer out. And I, I just luckily have worked with other individuals that have done the same from the athletic training sense, from the personal training sense, from the chiropractic sense, and from physician sense. So um, I apologize. I'm going to give you a lot of grandpa answers as like my brother-in-law says, he'll joke with me and just say, he was like, you can fix always as like my sister and I, he's married to my sister. He'll always joke. He was like, you guys give long answers and we just want a short answer sometimes. So I apologize. I'm totally going to do that a bunch of times. No, it's okay. uh, <laughs> That's the same thing. So I'm used to it. <laughs> so I guess, uh, so back to the question. So there's physical therapists, we muscles, bones, and nerves, there's athletic trainers that work with it from a non-medical sense, um, but they do at times have some medical training and background for like on the field training. So I do have to mention that. So I apologize for the ATCs out there that I first said what I said. Um, they, are, they do have a medical background in a sense of on the field training, which is fantastic. They help improve the motor function of athletes to take them um, from a rehab standpoint further to return to sport and to sport. There are chiropractors that I've, I've heard of different chiropractors that only do manipulations. A manipulation is when you do something like a high velocity movement with a low amplitude or a high velocity movement with a high amplitude. And they only do that. They'll have patients come in five to 15 minutes. And I apologize if I generalize this to anyone that's out there. But then there are also some chiropractors I've heard that will kind of have a scope of practice that will include exercises, corrective exercises and neuromuscular re-education to maintain what they've cracked or manipulated, so to speak. Um, physical therapists have a background in chiropractic and osteopathic type of techniques from like the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. And it's really interesting, the field of physical therapy and how we grew. And I, I wish I better um, organized some of my thoughts for this because um, it's pretty cool. So I guess maybe we could kind of go through that like another time. Um, the, yeah, that's kind of a little overview of, and then orthopedics, surgeons, they're kind of the top docs when it comes to the muscle skeletal system. So we kind of have a little bit of a hierarchy, but we're all taken to affect what the other says. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten, I've referred patients out to orthopedic surgeons, to orthopedic non-surgeons, to, I've collaborated with chiropractors who've been working with patients. And the main thing is when we try to work with patients, we want to try to get them better in the first like several visits within six visits, we can't make a positive impact then something else could be going on. Mm -hmm. So we always look to refer out and lean on each one of the team members of the healthcare team. What do you like about physical therapy and what is some of the challenges or what are some of the challenges that you faced? 
Oh, good question. I saw this. I was like looking through your whole list of questions. And I was like super professional, typing up some of my answers. And this is like the fun question. It's like, why do you like physical therapy? I think it's just fun to hang out with patients. I think it's a great opportunity to meet people that you may never have an opportunity to meet and to help them, but to also learn from them. So like I like my big thing is like I like to teach my patients like when they leave me, they are, they, in my opinion, they should be as smart as me for their particular diagnosis so they know how to fix it. Mm. But in the same time, I'll learn a few things from them. I'm not asking them, hey, what should, what should I do for an IRA Roth versus a, a regular 401k? But like, we'll just, we'll talk about different sports. We'll talk about history. We'll talk about science. We'll talk about books. So I, it's a really fun field where you meet just a myriad of different personalities from different walks of life. So I, that's my favorite thing. Like I'm definitely much of a people person. So mm-hmm. I like having that interaction. Um, I will say I like hanging out with them because I also alternatively hate writing notes. I hate documenting. That is like the my biggest hatred for physical therapy is having to chart. And if I could just hang out and work with my patients all day, I absolutely would because it's fun because we just kind of motivate them. We kind of like... I've had several times where I've worked with patients and I, I remember this one patient, Carol, she was like in the mid seventies and I'm like with her and she goes from doing a bridge where she's laying on her back. She's bringing the hips in the air. She's training her glutes to help her with walking, going up and down stairs. She lives in um, New York city where I practice and for her to like commute from different locations to groceries. Like I just love just being like, yeah, Carol, get it. Like, you just went from doing like no 10 bridges and fatiguing to being able to do like three sets of 15 with like a 10 to 20 pound dumbbell on her waist. So like, I love just being able to be like, yeah, you get it, get it. And so I I just, I love the atmosphere of being in a clinic. It's open in, in the clinics that I've typically worked in. Um, So it's just, it's a fun environment and everyone's pretty fun, pretty cool. And cool in the sense of like we're nerds who like science we like to exercise and we like to stay fit and we like to stay relevant with up-to-date clinical practice so um so I guess that's what I mean by the term cool um we're all nerds so to speak (laughs) I feel it and what are some of your challenges some of my challenges uh would you give better context Um, or just more context just in the field of PT what what are um I guess some things, if you could, you would change about the profession um, or your day-to-day uh, life. It's up to you, whatever comes. I guess um, I guess the first thing that popped in my head, uh, I would love to order images if I could and for like x-rays and MRIs when needed. Now, it doesn't mean that patients need to have them done, but I would like the opportunity for that. Uh, I would like the opportunity to not have to fight the insurance companies for things. Mm-hmm. and to fight for like reimbursement rates or for fight for um, more approval and for different more sessions for patients because it's like a fine line of saying that a patient is like this much dysfunction but if you say that they're this much dysfunction on the evaluation then the insurance company is going to say they only need a few visits because they are like not that messed up so to speak mm-hmm. and then if you when it comes to the progress note, if you show that they've improved too much, then the insurance company will be like, well, they improved so well, so they don't need many more visits. Or if you show they don't improve enough, then they're like, well, they're not getting much better. So we shouldn't improve much more visits. So uh, it's a fine line that insurance game. Those would be like my things I would, I would mention, refer to your question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I'm, I might end up putting like a, a uh, 
doing like a remix of clips of people's challenges across board and a lot of it is insurance <laughs> <laughs> so you're not alone i heard it from the, the pas i heard it from pharmacists it's uh it's it's interesting uh and i'm sure i'll hear it from the mds when the time comes or even NPs. <laughs> yeah. um but that's good to know what is uh oh yeah so as far as specialty in PT, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, you work for like uh, a few years or maybe a couple of even decades and you want to switch specialties. What, what, would the, what is the process for that and what, how hard is it? <laughs> yes. Um, so the process for that, it's, it's pretty, um, you can. And that's the best part about physical therapy is that you can transfer. And there are a lot of clinical pearls you could learn in like one particular field, let's say like orthopedics, mm-hmm. that can be applicable to other fields such as neurology, pediatrics, or cardiovascular. And there are some things that don't, there are specific clinical pearls, for, I'll say for maybe like women's health that are not as generalizable for like, um, for orthopedics and or for clinical electrophysiology, which is like an interesting kind of subset of physical therapy. I don't know as much about, um, but you could take a lot of the lessons and theories that you have with humans, humans, where, where muscles, where nerves, where, um, where bones. So if you kind of know those general concepts and then you learn those new clinical pearls for, let's say cardiovascular, such as certain medications that patients are on and, that's something you want to be aware of, of like what medications they're on. Is it going to complicate things? Are they going to have a orthostatic hypertension where they're going to stand up and they're going to pass out? So there are definitely certain nuances for different fields, but the fun part about physical therapy is that there's a lot of general generalizable theories that you can incorporate to improve your practice mm-hmm. with different populations. Okay. All right, that's fair. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and do you have to go back to like fellowship or anything like that? Or do, can you do like on the job training? You can do both, honestly. And I think that is a great opportunity. I would just reference that it's always great to have good mentors or a good support system to turn to for mm-hmm. questions that you may have. Mm-hmm. And there are some therapists out there that have their, um, their GCS they're um, geriatric certified specialists, they're OCS, they're orthopedic certified specialists, they're NCS, they're neuro uh, certified specialists, or they're PCS. Um, there's so uh, those 10 different fields I mentioned, those are the subsects you could be board certified for. Mm-hmm. So you could go back to school and just kind of keep cranking them out, well, not to like PT school, but to like residency school or testing or board certified tests or fellowship programs. So there's so many different opportunities that are beneficial for your different types of learners, people who want to be in person, people who don't want to be in person, people who want to more didactically read and be able to incorporate into their own practice. So it's, um, it's, that's the fun part about physical therapy. There's, there's many options that you can do for your personal type of like learning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are your shifts like right now as you work in fellowship okay so right now fellowship it doesn't take away from my caseload per day there are some residencies that may have you like some didactic and less patients per day there are some programs that residencies you still see full patients per day 
-hmm. Currently, I, I work for a company called Eden Health, and I also see my own patients as kind of physical therapy. So I see more patients like one-on-one. -on -one. So I'll see patients and anywhere from like five to 10 patients a day, which I really like compared to where I came from. Right, right. No, that's fair. Um, and how is work-life balance with as a PT? I would say at times it could be terrible. Uh, I will, it's, it's a fine line. So there you'll have your individuals who like, you'll go to work and you do your job and you take care of people, which is a wonderful component. And, but for me, I guess I, I, I do the extra education because I like to know more things. I always, I feel like I have a unique opportunity to be able to like help patients. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted to take that and like great pride and be able to have as much education to help them get better quicker. Um, so I, I do a little bit of that sprinkled throughout the day, sprinkled throughout the week, sprinkled throughout the month and the year. Um, I also like to stay creative. So I've actually incorporated several components of my own personal business, kind of physical therapy to kind of tie in everything else that I like to do. I like to write. I like to draw. I like to, I like business, the concept of business. And so I guess my work-life balance isn't as good, but it's incorporated with hobbies of mine mm -hmm. that are just very intertwined with physical therapy so I don't want to define myself as like physical it's just a physical therapist I just like this is I like to play around and this is how I like to play around it just happens to be it's with a clinical doctor in physical therapy to help patients and to do more stuff with it okay all right and what are some if any uh your project outside of physical therapy as you mentioned that you're working okay. on and now have worked on all right. Um, so I'll, I'll say some of the projects that do take up some of the time. So um, I guess in a, like a daily routine, like a, uh, I'll do work for Eden Physical, uh, Eden Health, which is the medical tech startup that I work for. So I work for them for a portion of the day. Some of my other stuff is I see patients, patient facing on my own as kinetic physical therapy under the umbrella kinetic physical therapy. I think it's a unique opportunity as a business owner to have uh, an ability to do what you want to also help supplement your pay. Mm -hmm. So my hobbies also help try to get me financial gains to kind of get paid to kind of take care of me and help allow me to do more fun hobbies. Um, again, sorry for the grandpa answer, but some of the, uh, some of the things I like to do for kind of physical therapy. So I'm, I'm trying to write a marathon training book. And I've been working on that the last like four years. And I, I use myself as a test subject. What I learned from writing the book and, and working myself as a test subject, I incorporate with patients I've seen in the past. And I've refined my program to make them better, make them rehab and still train. So that's a fun subsect of Kinetic Physical Therapy. I, I have a website, kineticphysicaltherapy.com that allows me to have a platform to be able to like make different products that are on there from a physical therapy sense or from almost like a sales sense. Like not that I'm trying to like push products or anything like that. You could put stuff on the website uh, from Amazon affiliate. And I think that's just a cool thing by itself, mm -hmm. being able to have a one-stop shop that has a bunch of products on there that people commonly need for physical therapy, where it's kind of approved list. Cause I've had so many patients ask me like, Hey, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, that's just, that's just a scam. Or I'll tell them like, Hey, listen, that, that's a pretty good thing. You know what? Yeah, that's a good idea. So at least it gives a 
recommendation because if patients are going to ask me, I might as well have a little list of things on my website of like, Hey, these, these are good. So I, I love that learning aspect of like, what's a website, what's on the website, how to create a website, which is much more complicated than I originally thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say you definitely work with a web programmer. I did. And I was very happy for that. And even for, from a business sense, how that incorporates SEO terms, how that incorporates marketing funnels, how that incorporates what's going to be a product, what does it mean to even make a product, and how to standardize that product, how to trademark, how to copyright, how to logo, how it takes into effect getting a lawyer involved. So I, I love learning those aspects mm-hmm. because it everything kind of ties together. So if you're a business owner, you got to know how to do all those. Um, you could definitely do less. You could definitely do more. And as a physical therapist, when you work for another company, it, most of that's already taken care of. So you don't have to worry about the billing aspects, how the logo aspects or the product aspects. So I just, that's also kind of like a hobby to mine, just learning new stuff. Um, I guess what other things I'm doing, I'm also trying to, I'm consulting with a 501c3 organization. And I apologize if I say that the wrong way. My girlfriend always jokes, messes with me and says, I always say that the wrong way. 501c3 company. Um, it's called the Tesoro Project, where they go to different South American-based countries, where they, such as Guatemala, that they have physical therapists that go down there to do physical therapy there uh, with different patients in the community in a, um, I don't want to say third world country because I don't, I, I think it's, uh, could be a little disrespectful to say that. I'd rather say a country that could use a little help. And I find that physical therapists have a unique opportunity to be to help people. So that's another one of my little side projects on, well, I just think it's a great opportunity to be, that would be a little passion project of mine. And I guess another big passion project of mine is working with this organization called Point Motion. So Point Motion is a technology-based company that creates a 2D motion analysis system that utilizes um, cell phones or like laptop cameras to allow you to do 2D motion analysis sensing of how you do movements. Um, And the unique component of it is the program I've created with them, the physical therapy exercise library is incorporated with music that from, I work with a Berkeley grad that helps me make music his name is jesse and he's a fantastic beats guy so i think that's another fun component is like i I could say that i have a beats guy and i really like having when the person does the exercise the right way it plays a positive auditory feedback to confirm the person does the exercise the right way so it keeps the melody going so i think it's a lot different than the different static home exercise programs that are out there it's an opportunity to confirm if you're doing something the right way and this is something i'll always joke with my patients i'm like listen you could either do something that's like right or if you're not going to do it right you're going to waste your time if you're going to waste your time like we don't have as much time throughout the day so might as well if you're going to do something do it right so this is an opportunity to take my creative side of physical therapy based exercises and my creative side of music i love music i love being able to incorporate that in how i treat to my artistic side of being able to have create a logo and make a picture. I definitely work with people for that. I don't draw myself. I do a little bit, but more sketches. Um, So that's a bunch of things I just mentioned, but like they're all just aspects of like who I am, what I like to do as a person, what I've done. And just, um, just to mention, I, I, I love having an opportunity to tie everything that like is fun to me. Mm. And I've been able to tie them together into like one semi-linear directive 
construct of like a bunch of different circles that all revolve around physical therapy. Right, right. Okay, well, thank you. You seem like a very busy and happy uh, PT, so I, I love to see it. <laughs> um, some of my last few questions. One is, what, what are some leadership opportunities that are available for PTs uh, in the workforce? Um, leadership opportunities. So one, you could easily, the easy way to say it, you could go up the ranks from a staff physical therapist, assistant clinical director, clinical director, regional director. Um, I'm in the standpoint of moving toward director of physical therapy for Eden Health, which is the medical tech company that I work for. They as well, um, you could be a leader in your community to help work with people local for you and be a local business owner and work with the different communities um, that are there, your populations. You could also be a leader um, to help with people across the world. Um, I think this is a great opportunity to be uh, the time that we live in to help not only local people, but like national people and possibly international people and um, across the globe. So there's... Um, there's really no cap to it, I could say, because every time you learn something, it's a, it's a fun lesson that maybe someone else could beneficially learn from. And then if you have a good mentor to kind of help teach you some things like this, it's easy to help more people. So I guess the term leader, like it doesn't have to just be about physical therapy. It could be helping. I, I like helping people. So I think it's a great opportunity to be a leader to help anyone. Mm -hmm. Any advice for somebody wanting to become a PT, a physical therapist? I would say the words that pop in my head is my mom's words. Just like if, if you think you want to try it, mm -hmm. go shadow someone for a day or a few days, a few weeks and kind of see if you like it. And it helps when they kind of give you a little payment as well. So if you can kind of be like working for them too, for like a few, few weeks, few months, whatever, I think it's a great opportunity to kind of see behind the veil of like what a particular profession does in the realm of physical therapy. I would say it's, it's a, it's a great field. There's a lot of components that make a physical therapist, a physical therapist mm -hmm. from an exercise standpoint, from a medical standpoint, from a rehab just say shadow someone thank you that is all i appreciate you joining us and and uh chatting with me this morning if you don't have anything else to add this is that's all the questions i have for you today <laughs> i'll say i'll just kind of pop this one other thing in there this was something that's been kind of fun that kind of broke the ceiling uh in my my head so to speak uh -huh. um so i just want a piece of advice to anyone that's out there um is that you could be the CEO of your own self. So I think that's a fun option for people to learn is that not only from a physical therapy standpoint, from any medical standpoint, any other standpoint is that you, anyone, anything is possible. So if you start realizing that anything is possible and if you find an actionable way to kind of figure out how to get somewhere, um, it's pretty cool. So I definitely just kind of give power to the people out there to kind of just like always ask questions. Right, right. No, you are definitely a great resource and example for that. And I appreciate hearing even just a little bit. I'm sure there's a lot more that we, we didn't get to hear about, but we appreciate getting to know you and hearing from you this morning. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly do appreciate it. I was very excited for this. Thank you. You have a good evening. I mean, why did I say evening? <laughs> <laughs> have a good day yeah. and a nice weekend. How about that? Coming off that vacation time. I'm the same way. I was. I know. <laughs> All right. Bye, Kevin. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.
Alright, that's all I have for you today. Thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you. Please subscribe, follow, like, comment, and share. And uh, stay blessed. Bye.